guys, it's Simon. This is Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 12th of October 2022 to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. I do want to say sorry for the late start if you are watching live. Got a uh, very personal phone call over the last hour or so. My aunt has passed away, so was kind of just dealing with all of that and whatnot. But we're good to go. We're here. We're talking AEW Dynamite. And I thought it was... I'll just say I expected more from this show. I expected more out of this show that they were hyping up super, super big. Like, excuse me. Like, they were making this such a big deal because it was the first Canada show and that they were going to have these big matches on this card and this and that. We had Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and all these other things and whatnot, you know. Swerve Strickland and, and Billy Gunn. Well, I mean, that match was going to be just whatever that match was. But it was like Jericho and Danielson and this and that. It was just, it was a good show. I wouldn't say great. It was just them. It did some stuff. I mean, there was a title change in the main event, so that was kind of cool to see. But other than that, <clears throat> stretch out here really fast. Other than that, I felt like it was just a show. It was really just a show. But with that, I do want to say thank you if you are watching live. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. If you are watching live, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. And remember, it can be anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether that's your account or your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle, anybody's Amazon Prime account. You take that Amazon Prime, you take that Twitch, link them together, take that Amazon Prime, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, your Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it. If you did, right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Excuse me, I got this cough that just won't go away today. But also remember, on the flip side, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well. Uh, thank you for that hot rub, Bubba. Really appreciate that. Sorry, I had to uh, thank hot rub, Bubba. Um... Where was I? If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use our code right here. PW Unlimited. Again, that's code PW Unlimited at checkout for any Epic Games or Epic Games Store purchases, and you will be directly supporting us and not having to spend anything extra. So whether you're over there getting your bucks for Fortnite, you're getting ready to you're you're buying God of War 2018 because you're gonna get God of War 
Ragnarok in a month and you want to play on your PC just to refresh what you, what you may have missed in the first game, use the code right here. TW Unlimited. You getting God of War 2018 on the Epic Game Store? We'll use our code PW Unlimited at checkout and you will be directly supporting us. But as far as this show does go, they were in Canada. First AEW show out of the United States. And like I said, I expected more from this show if I'm going to be 100% completely honest. The show kicks off. Excalibur welcomes us to the show and then says, we also want to welcome the newest member of our broadcast team. And out comes Renee Paquette. If you guys didn't see the news earlier today, Tony Khan did officially announce that Renee Paquette is All Elite. Yes, the former Renee Young has officially signed with All Elite Wrestling. And she's just in the same role she was in in WWE, I guess. She is just an interview gal. Maybe she'll do more down the line. Some hosting stuff and whatnot. I saw people, excuse me, I saw people ask, oh, is she going to be on commentary? Highly doubt it. She said that she did not like doing commentary in WWE, but that could have been because Vince was yelling. She even said she didn't like the whole Vince yelling in her ears thing. So maybe she tries commentary in AEW just to see how Tony does it different. But I don't expect her to do commentary. I expect her to host things and to do interviews like we saw here with Christian Cage. She introduces Toronto's own Christian Cage, who said that it's great to be back and is guaranteed tonight and has a guarantee tonight on the same level as the Maple Leafs losing in the playoffs. And then he introduces Luchasaurus. So we had Luchasaurus against Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So they're just going all in on this Jack Perry. His name is Jack Perry. So where was I? Um, Jungle Boy got the advantage early on with his speed. And did Christian's move where he kind of like jumps over the top rope, grabs the opponent's head, and like bounces it off the middle rope. Kind of down. Christian goes, that's my move. Because Christian was on commentary. He goes, that's my move. What is he doing doing my move? He can't do that. Back inside the ring, Luchasaurus countered a leapfrog into a German suplex to take over control. Cleared the ring. And set up a table on the outside. Luchasaurus did. Chad, uh, crowd starts chanting, we want tables. We want tables. Luchasaurus launched Jungle Boy into the guardrail and hit a back suplex on the side of the apron. It was all Luchasaurus during the commercial break as he picked apart Perry until Luchasaurus missed a corner charge and posted him. Jungle Boy tried to dive through the table. Luchasaurus caught him, but Jungle Boy countered into a hurricane run into the post. Both went to the apron above the table and Jungle Boy avoided a powerbomb with a super kick, but Luchasaurus held onto the ropes to not fall through the table off the apron. Jungle Boy then hit a sunset flip from the ring to the floor to drive Luchasaurus through the table. Christian then left commentary to distract Jungle Boy as Luchasaurus sat up. Jungle Boy was flapjacked and turned inside out with a lariat. In the corner, Luchasaurus got crotched and trapped in a tree of woe. He escaped and drove Jungle Boy to the mat with a buckle bomb, a choke slam, and then a two. One got two off of it. Perry countered a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker into a crucifix slam for a two of his own. Jungle Boy hit a poison rana and a kill switch for a very close near fall. There's a snare trap applied, but Luchasaurus got to the ropes to break the hold. 
Christian briefly distracted Jungle Boy as he climbed up onto the, the apron of the ropes, and Luchasaurus hit a super choke slam and then a burning hammer to pick up the victory. So Luchasaurus defeats Jungle Boy Jack Perry in the opening match. I liked this match. I thought it, it was pretty good. I mm, No. I was going to say that there was a few things that I didn't like. So, <clears throat> what I didn't like was a table spot. Christian even said it. That should be a DQ. He put Luchasaurus through a table. And they're like, well, your boy set it up. Your guy set it up, Christian. But regardless, like if a table gets brought in, no matter by who, that should be a DQ. If it's a table already set up a ringside, like in WWE, the announce table, or an AEW, the timekeeper's table, that's different. But if it is an foreign object introduced by either of the opponents, I think it should be a DQ. Renee Paquette was backstage with Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway as they informed Matt Hardy and Private Party that they have purchased the contracts of Private Party thanks to Jose, the assistant, and they are now part of the firm. I hate this shit. I hate this shit. Oh, we own you now. No, we own you now. Like, I don't want to say it, but what does this sound like? You know what I mean? What does this sound like? Tony, this ain't it, bro. This ain't it. I hate this shit. Because does that mean, does that mean MJF and Stokely own William Morrissey? Does that mean they own Ethan Page? Do they own Lee Moriarty, like they're their boss. They own their contract. They got to do what they like. No, 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 no. I hate this fucking shit. I've hated it since they started it with Matt Hardy and the whole, uh, or even with, with MJF and Wardlow. I hated the whole, I own you. I own your contract. You got to do what I say and do what I do. This, this shit ain't it. This shit ain't it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it one bit. <clears throat> um, private, uh, where was I? Page challenged Isaiah Cassidy on Rampage, and if Cassidy wins, though, Private Party can leave the firm. But if Page wins, Matt Hardy has to join the firm. Well, happened way too quick. They, like, wanted to get it set up, and then was like, we're doing this. It, it was all dumb. It was all stupid. I hate the whole, I own your contract. No, Tony Khan does, you morons. So we had the TNT champion Wardlow and the ROH TV champion Samoa Joe take on Nick Camarado and QT Marshall of The Factory. So after a commercial break, it's not, not, nothing happened before the break, really. QT Marshall briefly mocked the name Warjo. The Wardlow and Joe's music hit, and they came out. Aaron Solo was dispatched pretty quickly as Joe wiped out Marshall with a running senton. Camarado stopped the muscle buster attempt, but was tossed to the floor while Joe sidestepped the diving, uh, diving Marshall. Wardlow then turned Marshall inside out with a lariat and launched Camarado with multiple overhead suplexes and throws. Camarado ran right into a spine buster as Joe held the feet while Wardlow hit a senton atomico. Joe applied the Kikina Clutch for the quick submission victory. 
This wasn't it. This wasn't it at all. And the post-match wasn't it. I didn't like any of this. So they go to give QT Marshall the Powerbomb Symphony. And as they do, they do the first one. They do the second one. And out comes Brian Cage, Prince Nana, and the Gates of Agony. And they go, what are we doing? They got some beef with Warjo. I guess that comes from Battle of the Belts. When, I guess, I, I didn't watch Battle of the Belts. I'm a full transparency. I didn't watch Battle of the Belts. So they did not do a good job of telling us what happened here. I guess FTR were defending the ROH Tag Titles against Gates of Agony and Warjo got involved or something. Heat Nation says, what happened to Tully Blanchard? He, quote-unquote, sold Brian Cage's contract to Prince Nana and left. And if you didn't watch which the April Ring of Honor pay-per-view, you would never know that because they don't specify any of that. And Cage is barely around anyways. Again, more stupid shit that they don't tell us about. Anyways, anyway, so... Cage and Nana are all mad because FTR beat the Gates of Agony last week because Warjo got involved. Again, that's another fucking stupid thing. Warjo, wasn't Tony Khan the one that made fun of Vince McMahon for pairing random people up as tag teams that don't have a past or a history or anything? Now he's got it with Warjo. Anyways. Uh, FTR make their way. Because they say something... The, the, they made Brian Cage look like a fucking dummy. He goes, he goes, yeah, FTR beat the Gates Agony last week, but they couldn't even get in Canada. They couldn't even come here to Canada. And immediately he says that line and fucking FTR come out. And I'm like, well, you're a dummy. And Excalibur goes, well, maybe you just didn't see FTR backstage. He's like, we didn't see FTR backstage. They couldn't make it to Canada. Well, FTR come out. They get a great reaction from Toronto. And then they say, well, there's three of you and only two of us. And I go, no, there's four of you. FTR, Joe Wardlow. What, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And they go, well, these two guys just worked tonight. So we're not going to ask them to work again Friday. So we'll bring in another friend, a Toronto boy, to team with us against you three on Friday. I'm like, what? They worked tonight, so they can't work Friday. Did we not see Pac work two matches in a row last Friday night? None of this shit makes sense. Out with income, though, because they go, we got a Toronto boy we want to team with. And Dax goes, hey, Cash, what time is, what time does Rampage start again? He's like, 10, 10? And they go, oh, it's Sean Spears. Now comes Sean Spears. So I was cool with that one. Cool, cool, cool. Haven't seen Sean Spears in forever. Like, when's the last time we saw Sean Spears? It's been a minute. But Sean Spears comes out. We get a pinnacle reunion. Sands, MJF, basically. And it's set up for Friday. The embassy. Against FTR and Sean Spears. But when's the last time we saw Sean Spears? When he was the special guest referee. No. MJF was the referee for that match. It was back in May. 
May 25th, he took on Wardlow in the cage. That's what it was. We haven't seen him since May, June, July, August, September, October. It's been five months. He's been out for five months. I know he was working. He was working with some like nagging injuries. I don't know exactly what they were, but the last I had heard about Spears was he was nursing some nagging injuries. But whatever, it's whatever. I want to thank Casey Cold Cuts Casey for the subscription. Twenty-one months on Twitch. Really do appreciate that. But yeah, I didn't like any of this really. I, I liked Sean Spears coming back. But I, none of this really worked for me. Especially the whole line of, well, these boys just had a whole night of work. You beat the factory in like three minutes. So we're not going to ask him to work again on Friday. We got another friend we want. But literally last week on Rampage, we then go straight into Battle of the Belts where Pac worked two matches in a row. But these guys can't work two different nights. Like It makes no sense. Howard Bubba says, who's Prince Nana? Well, Prince Nana was a guy that was pretty, I wouldn't say big, but integral. He was a good, he's a name from early on ROH. So, yeah, if you watched ROH in like 2004, you'd know who Prince Nana is. Other than that, you probably never heard of Prince Nana. But basically, Tony Khan bought ROH and goes, I need some nostalgia. So he brought back Prince Nana to recreate the embassy, the group that he had back in the day. But, uh. They don't tell us that shit. They told us it that first night at Supercard of Honor. That's Prince Nana. He was here back in the day. He's got a group. He had a group called the Embassy. And da, da, da. it's like, really? They haven't really said anything, at least not on Dynamite ever since. I mean, like, probably only like the second or third time we've even seen him on Dynamite anyway. So, yeah, I, I, it's no, no, not at all. This ain't working. This ain't it at all. None of this worked. Like the whole, why is Wardlow and Joe two singles champions, a tag team? What are they building to? They're going to challenge freaking the acclaimed. They're going to challenge FTR. They ain't going to challenge FTR. Like where is this leading to with Wardlow and Joe as a team? I just don't like it because they've got singles championships. They don't need to be a tag team if they're already TNT and the ROH television champion. Like, it's stupid. I know Luke tonight. He had prior engagement. So in the back, Tony Schiavone's with Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker. Talking about them. what I thought was going to be the main event, what they called the main event, but wasn't the main event. Darwich title match against Brian Danielson. Parker called Danielson a liar. He said he poached Garcia to break up their family. Menard said the last week, it hurt them a lot. A lot more than it hurt him. Jericho said that he sees Garcia like a little brother. And now, his little brother won't take his calls. Jericho said tonight isn't about cheating, though. Because he's the Lionheart. We will all honor the Ocho. We then got Swerve Strickland against Billy Gunn. This was all right. Post-match on this sucked. There's a lot of sucky post-match tonight. I will say that. Post-match on this was just horrific. But Max Caster did a Canadian-themed rap that popped the crowd. Pretty big. 
Billy Gunn then took off his shirt and showed us that Billy Gunn himself is still pretty big. Billy is fucking jacked. Like, how old's Billy Gunn? 60? 57? 58. I thought he was right there between 57 and 60. This man is huge, 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 huge. But he took on Swerve Strickland tonight and, and, and an okay match. Like, I have no beef with this match whatsoever. The gun used his size early, but Swerve used his speed to jump to the apron and hit a springboard drop kick uh, to the leg of Billy Gunn that he kept working over throughout the match. Swerve zoned in on that leg during a commercial break as Gunn spilled to the outside. Swerve did a slingshot diving knee drop to the floor and a lift up. Wait, what did I write here? Oh, and lit up Gunn with some strikes back in the ring. Gunn then hit a tilt-a-whirl slam to create some distance and regroup himself. Uh, Billy, he's a cross chop, but opted for the scissor instead, only to miss a famouser. Swerve answered back with a flatliner as he flattened Gunn with a swerve stomp from the top for a two. Swerve got a little cocky on the cover, didn't really fully get the cover. Swerve missed a home run kick, but Gunn missed a one and only, and Swerve got the roll up and grabbed the rope to steal the victory. So he kind of cheated there. I then liked, Swerve jumps out of the ring. Billy's still selling the leg. And they show Swerve on the ramp and he gives him a, you know, he does the crotch chop. I was like, I like that one. I like that one. The claim come down. Immediately just beeline to the ring. They bump into one of them. I think it was Caster. Bumped into Swerve. Swerve's like, ah, I beat him. It's all good. So they go to check on Billy. Billy stands up. He's still selling the leg, and they go to do the triple scissor, triple scissor, and out comes Tony Nice and Mark Sterling. And Mark Sterling's like, whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop. You can't do that. I have a document here from the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. The Canadian crowd in town, Ronto, boos the crap out of that. He goes, I have trademarked the term scissor me. In professional wrestling, which means you guys can no longer use it, which means I get the money from all your t-shirt sales going forward. Sterling's like, maybe I should do the scissor. And then the gun or uh, Billy Gunn and the acclaim go to do the scissor and go, stop! No, if you do that, I will sue you. Because you know what? Do it. So that way you'll be tied up in court and forced he said, he said, no, do it so that I can sue you. You guys will be tied up in court for months and forced to drop your tag titles. I'm like, what? He then goes, or maybe I should just do it. Scissor me, daddy niece. And they do the scissor thing. And yeah, this was horrific. This was just the dirt fucking worst. I mean, this was worse than Alex Marvez reciting his lines every week. Because you know Alex Marvez don't do anything off the cuff. He's got a script. And he's, we're here with MJF. And MJF, you know, you took on with your Yuta last week. And the firm kind of come out to help. But you didn't seem too happy with the firm helping. So what is your thoughts on the firm and this and that? And blah, 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 with your Yuta last week. And William Regal in the face off. And I'm like, can we get rid of Marvez? We've got Renee. But you're still giving us fucking Marvez? You brought Marvez to Canada? We've got Renee. 
We've got Shivani. We've got Lexi Nair. We don't need no fucking Marvez anymore. Like, Marvez has never been good. I don't know why they keep him around. Like, he was supposed to do commentary. He fucking sucked at that. We don't need this guy no more. Like, he hasn't gotten better in the three years we've been doing this. Well, they've been doing this. Almost four. Three and a half. So, MJF starts to talk when Stokely Hathaway would interrupt. Also, no mention of what Stokely and William Morrissey did at the GCW show to Mox. Basically screwed Mox out of the GCW world title. That's a whole other can of worms that I don't think Brett Lauderdale's happy about. Word is that uh, Brett Lauderdale found out right before the match or over the show or whatever that uh, Moxley ain't working for us anymore. We gotta get the belt off of him. But we can't just beat him. And oh, we're gonna send guys for some interference to, uh, yeah, no, it is a big cluster. The whole Moxley GCW stuff. He's not working for GCW anymore. Brett Lauderdale wasn't really given much of a heads up. And Tony Khan basically booked that finish. That's the word going around. Is that AEW booked that finish to where Moxley can lose. But Moxley still didn't look bad in getting beat by Nick Gage. Because the firm, who was sent by MJF, we're supposed to think, screwed Mox out of the GCW belt. But then we go tonight, no mention of any of that. Frickin' MJF threatens to fire the firm from his retain. I none. Continuity is such a bitch in this company. You thought it was bad in WWE. These fucking companies have flip-flopped. Where AEW used to be really good at their storytelling and keeping things on track. Now WWE's really good at storytelling and keeping things on track recently. Fucking Triple H. Tony Khan, I don't know what happened. He getting frazzled or something? Like, shit. Motherfuck. So Stokely interrupts MJF, and MJF gets pissed. He's like, what are you doing here? I didn't ask you to be here, and I didn't ask you to be out there last week during my match. You take your Carlton Banks wardrobe and get out of my shot. That's two strikes against you. One more, and you're fired. Stokely leaves, and MJF said, he has a storied past with William Regal. I'm like, you do? Well, what is it? And he goes, oh, we'll talk about it later. I'm like, what? So that he doesn't know. He was able to shake the hand of you to post-match. MJF said that the crowd and most of the locker room want him dead. But he has no choice but to be the bad guy. Like, if you like it, tough shit. He said that he will be the AEW World Champion because he is a generational talent. I thought he cut a really good promo. I wish he would have elaborated on what his fucking backstory with Regal is. Like, I didn't know they had a history. But yeah. Tony Schiavone's in the ring. Plugs next week's Tuesday Night Dynamite. Remember? Tuesday Night Dynamite next week. And he said that Moxley will be defending the championship on that show against Hangman Page. His caliber then informed us that RJ City told him on February 24th, 1968, Jimi Hendrix closed his show at this building with Wild Thing. I'm like, okay. Moxley comes out to Wild Thing. Moxley said, after three years, it feels damn good to be back in Toronto. You always have a target on your back as the world champion. Most crumble under the pressure. That's a, that's a CM Punk reference right there. And some faster than others. 
Foxley said, there's a job that requires you to be ruthless. And that's what he loves about this job. As soon as he mentions Hangman Page's name, though, out comes Hangman Page who interrupts. Foxley gets a look on his face like, what the fuck are you doing out here? Page said last week, what Moxley said meant the world to him. That he respected him. He put over Moxley as a great champion, father, and husband. MJF is shown watching from the stands with a poker chip. Page ignores him and asks if Moxley views him as a kid. That's what he called him last week. Moxley kind of agreed. He said that he doesn't view Page as the same guy who knocked him off a ladder one year ago. He doesn't think Page has the guts to pull the trigger and do what it takes to win the belt. Page says he's not that same guy. He hesitates and says, I went for the trios championships with my best friends who are disappearing against my old friends who have disappeared. Page says he's anxious, depressed, and the meds aren't working. He's still here as a man. Page said like Moxley, he lost loved ones, but he's also brought new ones into this world. He said he is a father and a husband. And then he starts punching in his head, and I go, what are you, Mick Foley? And he's punching in his head, and he starts to get a little knot on his right above his eye, and it gets red and whatnot. And then it just gets awkward because he's trying to cut his promo, and he keeps going... Like he was either supposed to bleed or thought he was bleeding. But he kept grabbing his face because he fucking punched the shit out of himself. I'm like, who are you, mankind? He then says, um, Paige says that he's going to give Moxley a hell of a time next week when he wins the world title. Proud was into all this. So that was cool. But like, and, and then he does the thing where like, I think he was supposed to maybe bleed because he's punched himself in the head and he keeps grabbing right here where he punched himself. You can see it swelling up. Then he goes like this, like he thinks he's got blood on his hand and he kind of wipes it on Moxley's shirt. And I'm like, so you were supposed to bleed? No, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But good build for the title match next week. I highly doubt Moxley loses the belt in his hometown. There's an abbreviated version of the ROH title match video from the Control Center shown before we had Brian Danielson versus, well, Chris Jericho for the ROH title. The top of the first hour or the second hour, and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. This match going, this match can't be going 45 minutes. There's still more matches. What, what, what? I was so confused. Because I'm like, are they really going to main event with Pack and Orange Cassidy? And in hindsight, we see why they had to main event with Pack and Orange Cassidy. They wanted the last thing we saw tonight to be a title change. Ian Riccoboni and William Riggle joined commentary. Match was good. I think of the three, it was probably the weaker. And not just because of the finish with Daniel Garcia. But I just think overall as a match, it was probably the weakest of the three they've done. Which, also, what was the whole, what's, what's been the whole thing on AEW? Tony Khan said this a lot. We pride ourselves on not having to do rematch after rematch after rematch. These two have had three matches in less than two months. There's times when they go like, oh, the Bucks and Lucha Bros fought all the way back in 27 or 2019. And then when they fought again this year, it's been two and a half, almost three years since their last match. Like, they pride themselves in stretching stuff out or not doing things back to back to back. Like, And then they're doing it. They're doing it. Like, come on. Regardless, uh, Danielson kicked away a handshake from Jericho and opted to 
firing some strikes. There's a slingshot that sent Jericho outside when Danielson wiped him out with a dive through the ropes. Back in the ring, Danielson targeted the midsection, with both men connecting with 10 corner punches and chops. Jericho set Danielson into the ropes and hit 9 out of the 10, and then he hit a hurricane rana. Danielson regained control by going after the ribs with a roundhouse kick, and then a kick to the head that got him a 2. Jericho mounted a comeback after a commercial break with a DDT as Danielson was sent to the outside. Uh, give me one second here. Jericho went to the top, but was cut off with an avalanche butterfly suplex into a LaBelle lock. Danielson tried to reposition, but Jericho countered into a Walls of Jericho. Danielson then countered into a Walls of Jericho of his own. And the Canadian crowd really wasn't super into the Walls of Jericho for some reason, it seemed like. Uh, no, they weren't into Danielson doing it. That's right. Jericho escaped into a small package. But he ate a roundhouse kick from Danielson for a two. Some anvil elbows from Danielson, but Jericho rose up with Danielson on his feet with a Death Valley Driver variation. Like he had him on his shoulders and he got up and boom, Death Valley Driver. Uh, he missed a lion salt as Danielson hit a diving knee for uh, two times off the top rope. The third one, Jericho countered into a code breaker. Danielson backflipped out of the corner as referee Paul Turner was pulled into Danielson to, you know, take the ref bump. Okay, AW ref bump. Jericho and Danielson then collided as Matt Menard threw the ROH title to Jericho. Jericho waited forever for Daniel Garcia to get out there, like forever. Forever, forever. And he ripped the title out of Jericho's hand. Jericho was then shoved into a Busaku knee from Danielson, who turned and was clobbered by the ROH title by Daniel Garcia. And the commentary had to list no over and over and over. Well, he knows where his butter's bred. Well, he knows where his allegiance lies. He knows where his money's made with Jericho. Angela Parker then tossed the referee back into the ring as Jericho made the cover to steal once more. One, two, three. Jericho retains the title. Post-match, Garcia handed the title to Jericho. And cheers. Cheers to him, you know, the two belts, with the pure championship, while Wheeler Yuta hit the ring with Regal and had a stare down with Garcia. So, it was all a ruse. Garcia's never wanted to turn on Jericho. It was all a ruse to fuck with Brian. Backstage, Renee uh, Paquette was with Nyla Rose, Marina Shafir, and Vicky Guerrero. As Nyla makes a Judge Dredd reference and says she is the law, holding the TBS title. And Anna Jay would interrupt and challenge her for the title on Friday. And I go, what the fuck? What? You're going to challenge somebody to a title match for a title that, that's not even theirs? Nyla then accepts. Just accepts. And the match is on for Friday. They announced it later. What? And no Jade to try and get her belt back? Wait, what? what? This... The wrestling was good on this show. Everything else... Fucking sucked. Like, how is... Okay, I get it. Nyla stole the belt because Jade wouldn't give her a title shot. Okay, I get that. But now you're going to defend it? It ain't even yours! None of this 
make sense. Half of this show didn't make sense. So then we had the AEW Interim Women's Champion, Tony Storm, teaming with Hikaru Shida to take on the team of Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Crowd loved Jamie Hayter. Who had a great opening sequence with Hikaru Shida before Tony Storm tagged in, got the hot tag, and beat down Hayter. Uh, Baker. Then uh, Baker stopped Storm from going for a super kick, which allowed Hayter to clobber Storm with a running big boot. Storm was isolated the entire commercial break until Sheeta made the hot tag as we returned from the commercial. Sheeta ran wild and flattened Baker with a jumping knee and some corner punches. Hayter tried to break it up, but suffered a suplex from the apron into the ring by Sheeta. Baker was suplexed onto Hayter as Sheeta hit a Meteora off the ropes for a two. Baker blocked a Katana as Hayter laid out Sheeta with a backbreaker. Storm countered a backbreaker into a Cazadora Bulldog, and Sheeta got back in, but ate a double superkick and a curb stomp from Baker for a two. Storm then hit a corner tornado DDT and, Storm, and a Storm Zero on Baker. But Hayter tackled Storm onto Sheeta, making the cover. Hayter was sent to the outside, where Storm hit another tornado DDT. Baker briefly had the lock in, but Sheeta kind of countered her weight to get the pin onto Britt. Britt kicks out of two. She then hit a spinning Falcon Arrow on Baker, and both ladies landed in like a, this is kind of weird, but they both landed in like a pin attempt. And then they start rolling around and rolling around and rolling around, and finally all of a sudden, Arshita picks up the win. And Taz tells us, well, you know, the more they rolled, the tighter the pinfall got, and so Sheeta just had the, the tightest. I was like, what? Come on, Taz. Come on. You're better than that. He's like, Brett almost could have won that too, but she didn't. So, yeah. It was, it was a good match, but they just would ever finish. But they got some stuff announced for Rampage and next week's AEW Dynamite. The AEW World Championship, uh, the AEW World Champion John Moxley will be teaming up with Claudio Castagnoli to take on the Butcher and the Blade with the Bunny in their corner this week on Rampage. Ethan Page goes one-on-one with Isaiah Cassidy. If Ethan Page is victorious, then will Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Gwyn have to stay with the firm? If they are not, or, and Matt Hardy has to join the firm. If Private Party's Isaiah Cassidy wins, then they're out of the firm. Now, the Rose will apparently be defending the TBS Championship against Anna Jay and FTR. We'll team up with Sean Spears to take on the MCs, Brian Cage, and the Gates of Agony. Next week on AEW Dynamite Tuesday, AEW Dynamite AEW World Championship will be on the line when John Moxley defends against Hangman Adam Page. The AEW Interim Women's World Championship will also be on the line when Tony Storm defends against Hikaru Shida. We'll hear from MJF and Renee Paquette interviews Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta. We then had our main event. It went less than 10 minutes. It was Orange Cassidy. It's Pack. The All-Atlantic title on the line. Early on, Orange Cassidy goes straight at Pack, but misses an orange punch and was lit up with kicks and turned inside out by Pack, who put Cassidy's hands in his pockets and mocked him with little kicks. Pack took too long in his little mockery. As Cassidy kipped up with a drop kick. Pack rolled outside and caught Cassidy on a dive into a Falcon Arrow. Pack was in firm control the entire break and dragged Cassidy's lifeless body up the ramp and hit a nasty tombstone as Pack brings referee Bryce back to the ring to then start counting Cassidy out. I, yeah, this is a weird spot. He's like, all right, I'm going to go out. I'm going to knock him out so that I can win by count out. Cassidy finally got back into the ring in like a nine. Cassidy rolled right into a brutalizer. But he had his foot on the ropes. It saved him. Pack went for the hammer on the outside. 
but was dropped with a diving, diving DDT through the ropes to the floor. Back inside, Pack was spiked with another DDT and ate an orange punch for a close two. Cassidy went to the top, but Pack rolled to the outside of the ring, where he planted uh, Orange Cassidy with the... Uh, no. Cassidy went to the top, but Pack rolled to the outside, where he was planted by a beach break. Pack then blocked an orange punch into a bridging suplex into the brutalizer, but Orange Cassidy once again got to the ropes. Uh, the right ear of Pack all of a sudden was bleeding. Not exactly sure where that came from, but he's bleeding pretty good out of his ear as he went for another bring hammer, but was stopped by the ring attendant who revealed himself as Danhausen, who then cursed Pack. Danhausen ate a punch as referee Bryce Remsburg took, uh, took the hammer from Pack, who had another hammer hidden, but Cassidy hit an orange punch. Bryce told Cassidy not to do it as Pack got a roll up for a two. Cassidy popped up and hit another orange punch and then a home run punch for the win and the belt. I thought the match was all right. A little better than all right. I thought it was good. But, eh. It's whatever. Orange Cassidy, new All-Atlantic champion. Honestly, good wrestling on this show, but all the talking and the story stuff sucked for the most part. Just sucked. But, I mean, once I saw... And realized, oh, Orange Cassidy and Pac's main event. Either Pac's getting a big new challenger when he beats Orange, or Orange is winning the belt. That's the first thing I thought. I thought either Pac wins and somebody new comes out to challenge him, or Orange is winning the belt. And that's what happened. Orange won the belt. Ahara Bubba says, did you see Akara Shida got new belts? No, she's had that. That's from whatever Tokyo Joshi Pro or whatever uh, Japanese promotion she works for that she's a champion in. That's not new. It's not new. But overall, if I had to rate this show, I'd probably give it a six and a half or a seven at best. Good wrestling, but just too much bullshit story stuff that doesn't make sense or is just dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. But with that, I forgot to do the polls. So we'll go straight to the text messages. If you want to text in, you can do so. Text in to... 510-906-1341. Person here says, what are your thoughts on Orange Cassidy becoming the All-Atlantic Champion? I have no thoughts because that's a nothing title. That title means Jack Diddley squat. Also, didn't Orange just lose a shot at that belt? Why was he getting another shot? It's the same stupid-ass shit they did with the Acclaimed. They lost in a tag title match and then immediately... So the, here's the new thing we need to learn with AEW. Somebody loses a title shot. If they get another title shot within a month or a couple of weeks, that means they're winning the belt. That, that's just what we've learned over the last two months now with AEW. That a guy can lose a title shot and then immediately get another one and then they win the belt. Like, what? Come on, Tony. Come on, TK. The person says, this TK... At time to injured wrestlers' contracts, like example when Kenny Omega was injured. I don't know. He can legally, but I don't know. Or said, did you see what Ariel Hawani said? If you talk about Tony Khan, yes, and a lot of people took that out of context. So Ariel Hawani basically said that Tony Khan was one of the worst interviews he's ever done. But I, from what I was able to gather from somebody I spoke with, people took that out of context. 
He was frustrated that when he asked Tony Khan certain questions, Tony didn't answer them fully or at all. Like, asked about the brawl backstage with the Bucks, Kenny, CM Punk, and A. Steel. And legally, Tony couldn't give an answer on that because there's possible legalities and legal issues and legal things pending that Tony's not allowed to say anything. So that is one of the reasons why he was frustrated with Tony Khan. He asked him questions and he didn't give him straight answers, but legally Tony couldn't give him a straight answer on that one. Or says, do you think TK will regret not signing Wyatt or the Good Brothers? Well, I don't think there was ever any interest on Bray going to AEW. As far as the Good Brothers do, do go, I don't know if they were even offered an AEW contract. This person says, AEW needs to hire some writers because the show has no continuity and everything just seems thrown together because it is starting to get a little bit bad, honestly. Yes, they used to do good with their story continuity, but I think Tony is starting to run himself too thin. He's dealing with whatever problems he's got with ROH and not being able to actually run that as a real company. Then he's booking Rampage. He's booking Dynamite. He's booking Dark. He's booking Dark Elevator. Then he's got the Jags. He's got Fulham FC. He's got too much on his plate. And now it's finally starting to, we're seeing it, that he's just, it almost feels like he's just telling guys, all right, uh, come up with stuff and we'll figure it all out. I'll, I'll fit it into the show. So, I don't know. But with that, guys, that was AEW Dynamite. I almost said Rampage. AEW Dynamite. Not the best of shows. Good wrestling overall in the show, but not the best of shows. With that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. Or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. I'll be back Friday for Friday Night Smackdown. So have a good night, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.